All right. Hey, it is good to have all of you here. I'm ready to start a new series. This series is called the Dummy Series. And contrary to popular belief, it's not called that because of who's going to be preaching most of it. Okay, I know that's probably what you figured. But um, how many of you have seen the dummy books before? They have a dummy book for everything. For everything. And so our thought is let's do a series over the, over the course of the rest of the summer and uh, until God says, okay, let's move on. And, um, and what we're going to do is we're just going to cover different, different subjects. And, and uh, you know, Reverend L is going to be preaching soon. Pastor Dan uh, LaSalle is going to be preaching soon. I, could, I can see a mile away prayer for dummies. You know what I mean? I could see it, right? I could see uh, Pastor Dan taking care of young people for dummies. Because I don't know about you. I've got, a, I've got one going on 16, one about to turn 13, and one that just turned 9, and I feel more like a dummy now than I ever have, right? And I, and I got a feeling they might agree. So, so today, we're going to do one, and, um, and uh, it is going to be called Roller Coasters for Dummies. How many of you guys like roller coasters? Yeah, I used to when I could fit in them. That's the fitness goal right there, Wes. Get me back on a roller coaster that I can fit in. Last time, I was, I was just starting to get beefy. I was working at the jail, and the girl, it was the Millennium Force, she had to put, she had to put her foot on the, on the roller coaster, pull the belt up, and click me in. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure I'm going to fall out of this, but this is going to be awesome. I feel like people in Ohio have a different view of roller coasters than the rest of the world. And, and the funny thing is, how many of you guys have ever been to Cedar Point? Okay. And then, how many of you have ever been to Disneyland? Okay. You go to Cedar Point, and you show up to Disneyland thinking that you're going to enjoy the roller coasters, and you are going to be sorely disappointed. If, what, if your baseline is Cedar Point... And you show up at Disney, and you're not just a fan of, of the Disney atmosphere, and you think you're going to ride some hardcore roller coasters, it's not going to work. Right. It's going to be a, a small world after all, <laughs> you know? And so we're going we're gonna to talk about roller coasters today. And uh, I, I, I'll just say this, life is a big roller coaster. Amen? Man, we talk about ups and downs. We talk about twists and turns. In life, you go through the happiest of moments. And in life, you go through the saddest of moments. You go through the best of times and the worst of times. Amen? How do I know this? Because I can tell you, just from this weekend, this weekend, Friday night, we coached Fusion Church's baseball team. They took home their second consecutive Majors division championship, right? It was awesome. So like I was counting it up, and the teams that I've coached from, from spring of last year, then fall of last year to spring of this year, are a combined 30, 37 and 6 with three championships, right? And then I went to Nathan Utt's softball tournament and played for Fusion Church, and we got spanked around every corner. We made a quick exit. We were out in two games. It was a double elimination tournament. <laughs> Somehow I thought we'd be out even sooner than that. 
Uh, we teamed up with Crossroads. It was Fusion Church and Crossroads. And let's just say that uh, we were the whipping boy for the day. Now, the, the green team was worse, though, right? The one green team. Yeah, at least we, it's kind of like chasing a bear. You don't have to be the fastest in the room, but you need to be faster than some. Or getting chased by a bear, you need to be faster than somebody, right? So, so I've experienced like the great and then the horrible all at the same time. And in life, you go through all kinds of things. You go through all the happiness. I, I heard an awesome quote the other day online. I'll go ahead and show you the picture. This, is, this comes from uh, Matt Beachy, one of, our, one of our people here. He's a chiropractor. This is a quote on his sign as we speak. Happiness is like peeing in your pants. Everyone can see it, but only you can feel its warmth. It seems to me that quotes like that just come out of your mouth all the time. Am I right? <laughs> Becca, am I close there? Yeah? Okay. In life, you go through the highest of highs and the lowest of lows, and we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about it through the life of a man that I absolutely love to study, and his name is King David. And uh, how many of you guys love to study the life of King David? Uh, the Bible says that King David was a man after God's own heart. And, and um, just an amazing leader. And if, and if you are at all a leader in anything, and you have people that you follow and people that follow you, check out the book, Tale of Three Kings, the best book I've ever read in my life. And it details the life of King David alongside the life of King Saul and, his son, and, and David's son, Absalom. But today we're going to kind of look at some of the things that he says in the book of Psalms. Many times, I've said, I've said to many of you in personal time where we have had like a, a, a bit of a, a counseling session, what have I said to you? Get in the book of Psalms, right? How many, how many times have I said that to some of you? Some of you, that probably rings true right now. Get in the book of Psalms because you are going to see life through David's eyes, and I promise it will make a whole lot of sense. And so we're going to look at what we see in some Psalms. And, um, and David, King David, experienced the highest of highs. Did you know that? Psalm 9, verse 1 through 5, it says this. I will praise you, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will tell of your marvelous works. I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. When my enemies turn back, they shall fall and perish at your presence. For you have maintained my right and my cause. You sat on your throne judging in righteousness, and you have rebuked the nations. You have destroyed the wicked. You have blotted out their name forever and ever. Now, this is King David experiencing a very high moment. And this is what he has written. And this is, he has written the Psalms through the span of his whole life, right? This was written shortly after he defeated Goliath. Did you know that? This was written after he defeated Goliath. You know the story, David and Goliath. Goliath, almost 10 foot tall, has a spear the size of me, ready to chuck it at anybody who from Israel that wants to fight. And he goes out and he says, and he says, I defy the army of Israel, and, and I defy the God of Israel, and if anyone wants to fight, let's do it right now, and everybody's afraid. Then you have King David, who's not yet a king. He's a little boy. He's, he's a teenager, which is why we put stock in our teenagers, because you're not too young to do something heroic, right? Amen? 
And so, and so he, he comes up and he sees everybody else, all the trained soldiers, freaking out, quaking in their boots, probably sandals back then. Anyway, quaking, freaking out, scared to death. And he's the one who steps up and he defeats Goliath. Amazing things happen. So read it again. When you look at it from that moment, read it again. I will praise you, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will tell of your marvelous works. I'll be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. When my enemies turn back, they shall fall and perish at your presence. You have maintained my right hand and my cause. You have sat on your throne and judged in righteousness, and you have rebuked the nations. You have destroyed the wicked. You have blotted out their name forever and ever. Doesn't that change the very fabric of that psalm to you? When you think about where he was at the moment that he was at, and he was in the middle of a scary moment. He was in the middle of a trial. But I'll just say this. God can't prove himself to you as your protector until you go through moments where God has to protect you. God can't prove himself to you as your healer until you go through a moment where you need healing. And God can't prove himself as his provider for you until you go through a moment where you need his provision. And so right now we see where David is in a moment where, where it could go one way or another and God pours himself out, blesses him, and David, with everything deep within him, he's crying out, praising God. He's experienced the highest of highs. Psalm 96, verses 1 through 6, I'm going to read that one. A lot of scripture today. I don't think you're going to complain about that. Psalm 96. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Bless his name. Proclaim the good news of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations and his wonders among all people. For the Lord is great, greatly to be praised. He's to be feared above all gods, little g gods. For all the little g gods of the people are idle. But the Lord made the heavens. Honor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in a sanctuary. Do you know when he wrote that? The day that he was bringing the Ark of the Covenant back to the place that he had prepared for it. He wrote those words. That was the day where they decided to move the Ark of the Covenant, which housed the, the presence of God. It was at Obed's house. And God was blessing Obed. I wouldn't want that Ark to leave my house because like his, his grapes were huge, right? The great, could you imagine like grapes the size of cantaloupes because God's blessing your crops? You know what I'm saying? God's just blessing him. And David says, okay, we've prepared a place. We're going to bring this back. And the first time they tried to do this, there was a guy named Uzzah who took a casual view of God, put his hand on the Ark of the Covenant, and died that day. So they're like, every few steps, they are sacrificing animals as an offering of worship. And as David brings the Ark back into town, he dances and he twirls and he spins and he sings. And this is the moment that that happens. A big, big moment. And it just kind of brings it alive when you realize what God is doing in his response. When he says, I will sing to the Lord a new song. I will sing to the Lord all the earth. I will proclaim his good news. He's talking about what God has done. David has experienced the highest of the highs. Amen? 
you've experienced the highest of the highs before, right? You've been there. Some of the, especially if you are a parent, man, being a parent is both exasperating and exhilarating all at the same time, right? If you have been around very long for all, at all, you have experienced great moments that just feel like you're on cloud nine. Amen? No? No, it's just a couple of you? Okay. No, it's been pretty much hot dog water for me, PT, but thanks for bringing it up. Jeez. I think we can all identify with David in this moment where God has protected him, God has provided for him, God has taken care of him, because God does that in our life. That's who he is for us. Amen? David also experienced the lowest of the lows as well. Amen? Now, here's the thing about David. In some cases, it was his fault. Look at what he writes in Psalm 51, verses 1 through 3. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is always before me. This happened, this was written right after King David, a man after God's own heart, fell flat on his face. And his lowest of low at this point in time was self-inflicted. See, he was supposed to be off at war and he wasn't. He's supposed to be answering the call, but he wasn't. Instead, he was home, and he goes out on his roof, and he sees another man's wife, and he takes advantage of another man's wife. That man was, was one of his best soldiers. He has him killed to cover up the moment. And the prophet Nathan comes to him, and he says, this is what you've done. And it's at that moment that his heart breaks for his sin, and he realizes what he's done. He already knew. The prophet confirmed it. A lot of times, most times, I would say when a, when a prophet has something to say to you, it's confirming something God's already been speaking to you anyway. King David knew where he was and he knew what he did and he sacrificed one of his valiant soldiers so that he didn't have to face the consequences for his sin. So read it again. Have mercy on me, O God according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin, for I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Doesn't it open up a whole new world when you realize what's going on in his life? He's experienced the highest of the highs, but he's also experienced the lowest of the lows, and this low point in his life is self-inflicted. He caused it. I'll just say this. In my life, many of my low points, self-inflicted. Many of my low points were, were me stepping outside of my integrity or losing my head for a moment or saying things I shouldn't say or doing things I shouldn't do. And it was because I wasn't doing or saying the things that I should have been saying and doing to begin with. Amen? And here's David. 
experiencing the lowest of the lows. Again, this is a man after God's own heart, and he still fell flat on his face. I don't know about you, but it gives me hope. Seriously. So some of his lows were self-inflicted, but then other cases, his lows are thrust upon him. We see many Psalms. And here's why I call this the roller coaster. Because you see the moment where everything's great. God, you love me and you take amazing care of me. And then the next Psalm is, God, where are you? I need you. Why do you leave me by myself? Why am I crying myself to sleep at night? Why am I all alone? And then the next day, God, you're amazing. And it's just like this roller coaster. Right? Some of his lows are self-inflicted. Other parts of his lows are thrust upon him. Like the moment, like the moment where he is being chased by King Saul. So what happens is he, he kills Goliath and then he ends up going to war for, for King Saul. And somebody made up a song and it, and it was like, I think David was like, you know, if you could not sing that, that would be awesome. First of all, it didn't rhyme. It had no beat, you know. But it was, Saul has killed his thousands and David has killed his ten thousands. When they were at war, basically what they were saying is that David, though he be way younger than Saul, is twice the man as he is. Though, though King Saul may be head and to- shoulders taller than everybody else, David is twice the man that Saul is. Saul didn't like that. That didn't make him very happy. He wasn't experiencing warm fuzzies toward David at that point in time. Agreed? He wasn't going to knit him a friendship bracelet at this moment. It wasn't going to happen. He gets mad at him, and he starts chasing him. Starts chasing after him with all of his little brave men. All of, all of Saul's brave men. David finds himself in a cave. Saul goes into that cave to rest for a little bit. While he's resting, David cuts the corner of his robe off. When Saul gets up from the cave and he leaves with all of his guys, all the people that are trying to kill David, David shows them his robe. And he's like, I could have killed you already. Why do you do this to me? And yet still it persisted. Some of his lows were self-inflicted. And some of his lows were thrust upon him. You look at what he says in Psalm 7, verses uh, 1 through 7. He says, God and you... I will put my trust. Save me from all those who persecute me. Is this sounding familiar now that we know the story? Deliver me. Lest they tear me like a lion, rending me in pieces while there is none to deliver. O Lord my God, if I have done this, if there is any iniquity in my hands, if I have repaid evil to him who is at peace with me or have plundered my enemy without cause, Let the enemy pursue me and overtake me. Yes, let them trample my life to the earth and lay my honor in the dust. Arise, O Lord, in your anger. Lift yourself up because of the rage of my enemies. Rise up for me to the judgment you have commanded. So the congregation of the people shall surround you for their sake and return on high. What he's saying here is in the middle of this moment where I've done nothing wrong, 
and my low point has been thrust upon me. God, I need you to be my deliverer. I love what he says. He says, if I've got blood on my hands, if I've repaid evil to anyone who was at peace with me, if I've hurt somebody, if I've plundered my enemy without cause, listen, it it never hurts to search yourself. It never hurts to look at yourself in the mirror and say, what kind of life am I living? Am I living in such a way that would cause somebody to want to wanna do this to me? Like, how am I living? That never hurts to search yourself like that. In fact, I would say you need to do it often. In fact, I would say that if David would have searched himself in Psalm 51 like he had in Psalm 7, he probably wouldn't have needed to write Psalm 51. Agreed? If he would have said, God, search me and look within me and see if there's anything that keeps me from a life that you've called me to live, I promise you he wouldn't have been up at that roof looking at Bathsheba, but he did. Some of our lows are are, are caused by ourselves. We do the dumbest things. Anybody other than me, your own worst enemy. Okay, all right, we're getting real now, right? Some of it is thrust upon us. David rode the roller coaster. You have moments where it's really, really high, and you have moments where it's really, really low. You have moments where he has Solomon, who becomes the wisest king in the history of the world. And then you have moments where his other son, Absalom, takes over his house and his palace and his kingship by force and sends him walking. While he's evacuating, he is still getting cursed out by Saul's family members. Highest of the highs, lowest of the lows. David rode the roller coaster. You can look and you can see one, one psalm will say, God, you take such good care of me. You love me with an everlasting love. You're so good to me. And in the next one, the bottom drops out and he says, why are you doing this to me? Anybody ever felt like you're on that roller coaster before? Here's my point. David rode the roller coaster. Does it feel like you're riding the roller coaster? There are moments that are absolutely great, but then there are moments that are absolutely horrible. Moments that take your breath away and then moments that knock the breath out of you. If David, a man after God's own heart, experienced that, what on earth makes us think that we wouldn't? Amen? Do you identify with Psalms a little bit more now? I don't know about you, but I do. The best leader probably in history, and yet he rode the roller coaster. We're going to do that as well. So if you're feeling this way, take heart. Here's what's awesome. Because I believe that there are moments in your life where you have had the greatest moments And then I believe that you have had moments where horrible things have happened and you were the one who caused it and horrible things have happened and it was thrust on you. I think we're all in the same playing field, right? Right? We're all kind of the same. So what do we do? I want to show you Psalm 124. And I want to throw this out to you. A concept that maybe you didn't think of. 
Psalm 124, he says this. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, let Israel now say. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, Josiah, you can play that. That's awesome. Thanks. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, when men rose up against us, then they would have swallowed us alive. When their wrath was kindled against us, when the waters would have overwhelmed us, when the stream would have gone over our soul, then the swollen waters would have, give, would have gone over our soul. Blessed be the Lord, who has not given us prey to their teeth. Our soul has escaped as a bird from the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken, and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord, who made the heavens and the earth. So maybe you feel like you're riding the roller coaster. Maybe you feel like you've had those highs, and things have been amazing, but maybe you feel like you've had the lows. Maybe you inflicted yourself with the lows, or maybe it was thrust upon you. But at the end of the day, none of those things matter. Because what David is saying here is that even through the highest of highs and even through the lowest of lows, God was faithful through the entire thing. God was faithful through the entire roller coaster ride, through every high and through every low. There's not one moment of my life that he's missed. There's not one heartbreak that he hasn't seen. And there's not one aspect of my life he's not intimately acquainted with. And not only that, he's not a God who is far off. He's not a God who is aloof. He's not a God who doesn't care. He's invested. He's given everything that he has. And he's been faithful throughout my entire roller coaster ride. Amen? Go ahead and stand to your feet. If God had not been there, David would have fallen prey many times over to his persecutors. But God was faithful for the entire roller coaster. So maybe you feel like this is going on right now. And I encourage you, go home and just get in the Psalms. I, I've, been de- I've, been, I've been obsessed with the Psalms, I would say, for about five years now. I just can't shake it. I, I'm tell- people ask me, what's going on? I'm like, well, you need to read the book of Psalms. They're like, they're like my, my marriage is falling apart. I'm like, read the book of Psalms. They're like, my, my finances are horrible. I'm like, you need to read the book of Psalms. They're like, I broke my ankle. I'm like, you need to read the book of Psalms. Whether life is absolutely amazing and God is blowing your mind with the things that he's doing or whether life is absolutely horrible because of something you did or something that was done to you, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter because God's been faithful through the whole ride. Amen? Amen. So here we go. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take communion. We're going to take some time to remember what God has done. And so here's how we're going to do it. Uh, the, the first four rows, five rows, Mary Kay, ending with Mary Kay, and everybody this way, you're going to come and you're going to grab yours and you're going you're gonna to walk back to your seat. And then the back rows and everybody on this side, you're going to go to this side, Okay. And we're just going to crank up the music and uh, go ahead and make your way. So Mary Kay, you start, and then Reverend L, you follow. All you guys just get in line, grab it, and go back to your seat. All right? You guys start here. 
Uh, Sherry and Deb, you guys start. Everybody fall in, and then we'll just we'll make our way through and grab as much as you grab it as quickly as you can. I guess I should have, Mary Kay. I'm sorry. I should have had somebody bring you yours. I forgot your hip. Why don't you sit right beside Wes? I wouldn't want to either. I wouldn't want to either. I know it's kind of hard, but stay in the attitude of worship. Thank God we're not going to be judged in our last days by our ability to get through the communion line. Amen. So when you get your elements, go back to your seat and we'll talk about it. get theirs here's why communion is so appropriate here because maybe you've experienced the highs and maybe you've experienced the lows remembering that God was faithful through the entire roller coaster it keeps you grateful in the next high it keeps you grounded in the next high and it keeps you hopeful in the next low Amen. 
what he's done in the past gives you hope to anchor your faith to for what he can do again in the future. So whether right now you're in the highest of highs or you're in the lowest of lows, we remember that God's been faithful through the entire ride and it gives you faith to keep moving forward. Amen? So we take communion to remember, to remember what God's done. And so that's what we're going to do right now. Now listen, I wouldn't take communion lightly if I were you. If your life is not right with the Lord, taking communion when it's not right with the Lord is, is detrimental on an eternal basis. Amen? Make sense? So what I would say to you is if you need to get right with the Lord, you need something, you have something you need to repent for, do it now. In fact, just like, just like David did, take a second and let's just kind of say within ourselves, God, if there's anything within me that's not of you, I know that I belong to you. Maybe I don't belong to you, God. I pray that you forgive me for my sin and come into my life as my Savior. Begin a new walk with me. But it never hurts to search yourself. God, is there anything within me that needs to go right now? Show me so that I can repent. Paul said, For I received from the Lord that which I also deliver to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he took bread, he broke it, and he said, Take and eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Father, thank you for the body that was broken for our forgiveness. The stripes that were taken for our healing, the beating on the back for our peace. Thank you for the body that was broken for our forgiveness. You can eat. In the same manner, he took the cup after supper I said, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Thank you for washing us and cleansing us and making us new creations in you. Thank you for the blood of Jesus. You can drink. Let's stand to our feet. Father, I thank you for each and every person. And God, we're all on this roller coaster together. We're all riding the same mountains and valleys. It just looks a little different from person to person. And God, I pray for my friends that are experiencing the highest of highs. God, thank you that my friends are experiencing the highest of highs. And I pray that you would continue to bless them, that you would continue to pour yourself out on them, that you would continue to provide, that you continue for seasons of plenty in their life. I pray that they would stay humble and that they would continue to trust you through it. And for my friends who are in the lowest of lows, God, I pray that they remember that you're faithful through the entire ride. And there's not one tear that we've cried that you're not intimately aware of its, of its origin. You love us with an everlasting love. 
You've called us by name. And for those who are in the lowest of lows, I pray that you would be closer than you've ever been. And Father God, I just pray a blessing over each and every person. God, would you pour yourself out? Would you draw us near to you? And Lord, I pray that today when we leave this place, that we leave looking and loving more like you than we did when we walked in. We praise you. We thank you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Listen, the altars are open. You're welcome to come and spend time in the presence of God. Music's going to continue to play. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior and you want to talk to me about that, come see me. If you got to go, go next service, next Sunday, one service, 10 a.m. God bless you guys. Enjoy the ride.